This week on Talkin' Central Arizona Sports, a look at the events that surround the world's oldest rodeo. Hello everyone, my name is Torrance Dunham and welcome to a weekly podcast catching you up on the latest with Central Arizona sports teams. Part of Talking Glass Media's Cast 11 podcast network, the show for the rest of the month, puts a spotlight on the world's oldest rodeo leading up to the big competition. We've covered the competition itself and the economic impact. Next up is the events that surround the rodeo. In addition to the rodeo performances from June 28th to July 4th, there are plenty of things to do to celebrate rodeo and cowboy spirit. One of the most popular events are the rodeo dances, which take place at the Depot Marketplace on 303 North Montezuma Street from 8 p.m. to midnight on June 29th and 8 p.m. to 1 a.m. on June 30th and July 1st. People are invited to kick their heels and dance late into the night. The fan favorite, Kiwanis Kitty Parade, is fun for the whole family and takes place at 9 a.m. around the Courthouse Square on June 30th. The event features kids riding some of the best decorated bikes you'll ever see. Judging for entries takes place at 8.30 a.m. Then on July 1st at 9 a.m. is the Rodeo Parade, with the theme being Dancing with the Bulls, which Greg Mangarelli in a previous podcast said is to honor the bullfighters of the world's oldest rodeo and Kurt Hunt, who's been the rodeo's bullfighter for the last 20 years. Mangarelli said it's the second largest parade in the state. Directly following the parade at noon is the annual Whiskey Row Boot Race, a 100-yard dash on historic Whiskey Row. It's quite a show, as the contestants must race in, as the title says, Cowboy Boots. It's the 40th year the event has taken place. On July 2nd, the rodeo grounds will turn into a place of worship as the annual Cowboy Church takes place from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. There are also arts and craft shows that take place at the Courthouse Plaza from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. each day from July 1st to July 3rd, featuring hundreds of vendors. Joining the show now to talk about the arts and crafts shows specifically is Prescott Downtown Partnership event coordinator Bailey Sanders. Bailey, how are you? Great. How about you? I'm doing great. So what are some things to expect at the arts and crafts shows for people who are new to the area or haven't had a chance to attend one yet? Oh, yeah. So we will have, I believe it's 150 craft vendors this year. Uh, we are almost sold out, which has not happened in quite a few years. So we're really excited about that. But at the festival, you will find all kinds of different handcrafted projects um, from metal to paper uh, to yarn art and everything in between. We will have an abundance of handcrafted artists on the plaza. Um, and that'll be from July 1st through July, I think it's the 3rd. Yes, Monday, July the 3rd, um, from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. daily. So uh, what do you think is the importance of having arts and craft shows, along with obviously the rodeo, the parades, the rodeo dances, and everything that kind of comes along with the rodeo? 
Oh, yeah. So this has a huge economic impact. So over the span of three days, we have over 51,000 people that hit that courthouse plaza. Um, and that brings a huge amount of money into our local community. Um, and then, of course, the tax dollars that go along with spending money in the community. So it just really boosts our economy locally, um, especially during that Fourth of July weekend. We are the biggest craft show on the plaza um, out of the eight total. So what has the attendance been like at these event recently uh, at these events recently? Have they continued to improve uh, year and year and year? Yes, substantially. I mean, obviously there was, we didn't have events during the pandemic. Um, well, we had some, but we ended up canceling a majority of them. But the attendance has come back and it's starting to increase. So I'm really looking forward to hopefully being in the 55,000 um, range this year. So what are some things uh, that people have found in the past at the arts and crafts shows? And do you have an idea of what uh, specifically might show up this year? So I'll talk about my favorite thing is the jewelry. (laughs) Um, There's a lot of handcrafted metal jewelry and turquoise jewelry seems to be really popular. And it's all relatively affordable. I mean, there's some expensive pieces, but then there's some affordable pieces. And I every piece of jewelry that I personally own has come from these craft fairs because they're just so well-crafted. There's also um, wine barrel designs. So he's got different Mm -hmm. signs, different furniture, um, and then the metal art, the yard art is really popular as well. So what goes into putting these events on? (laughs) Well, um, managing the craft vendors, finding out who wants to be there. Um, We have to work closely with the county because even though it is in the courthouse is in the heart of Prescott. It is county property. <laughs> so we work closely with the county um, to make sure that all the rules and regulations are in place and that we're not damaging the grass or the property. And then we work hard to find our vendors and volunteers to help run this festival. And um, just a lot of you know, emails and phone calls really are what make up the bread and butter of <laughs> this craft fair piece. So obviously, uh, like has been mentioned in this podcast, uh, there's all kinds of events going on around Prescott during the rodeo time. Um, What is your favorite, excluding the arts and crafts show, uh, (laughs) what is your favorite uh, rodeo event? Oh, man. So I would probably have to say the rodeo dance. Um, my husband and I are big country swing dancers, and so we just make it a point to at least attend a few dances um, during that during that weekend. But there is a few parades that happen as well. Um, the Kiwanis Kitty Parade is at 9 a.m. that Friday, and I think that's one of my other favorite things. It's just seeing all the little kids trotting around the courthouse, and then they go off and get their ice cream and go take a nap. It's adorable. <laughs> Absolutely. I did want to tell you one more thing. I don't know if you've heard about the Granite Mountain Hotshot Memorial. I have not. Um, oh, yeah. So this is a big deal. Um, on Friday the 30th, which is the day before the 4th of July um, weekend, it's the 10-year anniversary of the Granite Mountain Hotshots. And there, um, the city of Prescott and Central Arizona Fire, they're putting on a huge memorial on the plaza downtown. Um, it's going to start at three and it'll go until about five. It'll be live music. Um, there will be jets that fly over. Um, some prominent political figures are going to come visit us. It's just, it's going to be a big deal. And we're really excited to be on the heels of that event for 4th of July. Awesome. That, That sounds like a great event. And, uh, is that event free to the public? 
that event is free to the public. Yes. Awesome. And uh, is there a website more people can find out? Uh, some people can find out some more information about that event. Yes, they can actually just go to the city of Prescott website, and that will have all of the details on that Hotshot Memorial. Awesome. Well, Bailey, thanks so much for joining the show and uh, look forward to everything and all the events coming and uh, especially the arts and crafts shows. Thank you. Yes, me too. As a reminder, there are eight rodeo performances in total. There are performances on June 28th, 29th, 30th, July 2nd, and July 3rd at 7.30 p.m. There are also two performances on Saturday, July 1st, one at 1.30 p.m. and another at 7.30 p.m. The final performance takes place on Tuesday, the 4th of July at 1.30 p.m. Also, the performances are completely sold out online, so I hope you got your tickets. Wrangler Rap and my thoughts on the Big Suns trade are up next, but first, summer is officially here. But... We all know summer goes by in a flash, so make sure you are ready when fall gets here, because it'll be here before you know it. Give Yavapai Plumbing and Heating a call to make sure everything is looking good and you are ready when the temps begin to dip again. All the info you need is at ypeinc.com. That's ypeinc.com. Welcome back to Talking Central Arizona Sports. It's time for Wrangler Rap. Recapping the previous game for Northern Arizona's own indoor football league team and looking ahead to what's coming up this week. The Wranglers, after breaking a three-game losing streak last week with a win, found themselves back in the loss column on Saturday, falling to the Frisco Fighters 37-29 at home. Frisco built themselves a nice lead at the beginning of the fourth quarter with a touchdown, increasing the advantage to 34-15. The Wranglers would score two touchdowns in the final quarter, but it wasn't enough, as a Frisco field goal helped keep the Wranglers at arm's length. Garrett Kettle and Nick Watson each had a pair of passing touchdowns in the loss. At 6-6 overall and 4th in the Western Conference, the Wranglers welcomed the Sugar Skulls up from Tucson to the Finley Toyota Center in Prescott Valley at 6.05 p.m. on Saturday. As I do every week, I'll end the show by giving my thoughts on some state sports. The Suns and owner Matt Ishbia are laughing at the NBA's salary cap and decided they were going to build a super team around Devin Booker and Kevin Durant with the addition over the weekend of star Bradley Beal from the Washington Wizards and his large contract and two other players. It was an excellent trade to get Beal as the team only gave up Chris Paul, who last week I thought was just going to be released, and Landry Shamit, who quickly became a, a target of the fan base due to poor play in the playoffs. Oh, and a bunch of second-round picks, but who needs those anyway, right? This makes the Suns one of the most lethal offensive teams in the league, and they are going to put on a show each night. But what happens if somebody gets hurt, or when they go to the bench? That is where the big question is for the Suns. The move didn't do anything for their depth and may hurt their chances to acquire solid depth. It's a risky move, but I like it because whoever they were going to get with the money saved from Paul is not as good as Bradley Beal. The stick house the Suns have built so far looks really nice. Let's just hope nobody shakes the table. I'm Torrance Dunham, and this has been Talking Central Arizona Sports, part of Talking Glass Media's Cast 11 Podcast Network. Have a great week, and we'll see you back here next week as rodeo coverage continues.